There we go, the start of 1 Peter, a living hope. Um, second, we've got uh, Calvin, who is a youth worker here. He's soon to be going to New Day, so he's, he's one of the, the courageous ones, brave ones. We pray for you. Come on up. Heavenly Father, we just pray as Calvin comes. <laughs> we pray that you'd speak to us by your word. We pray you'd give him courage and, uh, and bless him as he brings us uh, what you have to say. Amen. Hello, everyone. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, great. <laughs> well, it's an absolute great opportunity to be up here again. Um, now, preparing for this topic, so my topic was called to be holy. I felt extremely convicted. Um, I thought it would be like last time where I could insert jokes here and there, but I found that, that, that <laughs> for this specific one, I really couldn't. Um, but when I was preparing, I felt convicted because it really made me look at how I was living my life. Um, was I living, was that things in my life stopping me from being holy? So before I go any further, um, I would like if Dan can read out First Peter 1, chapter 25 to 31. One Peter, one verse thirteen. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, "You shall be holy, for I am holy." And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from your futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but he was made manifest in the last time for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having been purified, your souls, ha- having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God for All flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Thank you. (laughs) Now, when it comes to holiness, I feel for me personally, it can be taken out of context by both non-Christians and some Christians. So what I'm hoping to do today is to talk about holiness in within the right context and also give a bit of hope uh, to people who today feel like maybe they're not, um, what they're not, that they're not holy. So you, right now this morning, you might feel that you're not really, um, you're not really holy, but I hope by the end you understand that God is still running after you, that you might not feel this way, you might feel unclean, but the blood of Jesus Christ washed away all your sins. So there's a lot of reasons to be, um, to be holy, and there's one that really stood out to me, and that is to stay in constant connection with God. God is holy, 
and therefore for us to be able to communicate or even not communicate, to stay in constant communication with him and to hear him, we also have to strive to be holy. I mean, God also commands us to be holy. Now, in Leviticus 11.44, it says, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourself, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. And you should not make yourselves unclean with any of the swarming things that swarm on the earth. So, truth is, God cannot cohabitate with, God cannot cohabitate with sin. Our bodies are a holy, a holy temple, and for us to have constant, to be in constant communication with God, we need to try our best to be holy. And the other thing that's really important is that holiness can also reflect God's character in us to other people. Now, if you verse on first bit of verse 17, it says, live out your time as foreigners here in relevant fear. So we should be living like that accordingly. We shouldn't live in this world as the world hopes us to live. We're called to be holy. Therefore, how we live our lives should reflect that. So here's a question. If you are in a new environment, so for example, you go to a new job, a new school, or just anywhere that you have to consistently see the exact same people, would they be surprised if, let's say, one day someone comes and says, oh, so-and-so is a Christian? Will it be a, oh, well, I don't see that, or will it be kind of a, a penny drop moment? Like, okay, this makes sense. They do... I've seen that in them. And to be honest, holiness can be seen like a list of rules. Don't do this or don't do that. Um, I remember once I came from university and I, I went to see my friends. And funnily enough, we went to a pub. Um, and it was me, a Christian, one of my friends who's a Muslim, and the other one who's an atheist, and I know that sounds like a <laughs> beginning of a terrible joke, <laughs> but it was, no, it was a great conversation, um, and the conversation of religion came into play. Now, the funny thing is both of them were, they were poking fun at me for being a Christian. I've never, for me personally, and something that I'm really grateful for, I've never really backed down from, oh, you're a Christian, Christian tell me why. Now, for some weird reason, the conversation turned into, oh, but Christians can't do this, Christians can't do that. And all my, co- all my comebacks were, yeah, but it is written this, it is written that. So what I was saying was, actually, yes, it is a list of rules. And that was completely, not, that was completely missing the point. But afterwards, after we had a heated discussion, um, I came to realize that actually the Bible does have a clear list, it does have a clear do's and don'ts. Let's not get that wrong. The Bible does have clear, um, clear things that you should do or you shouldn't do. But it also goes a step further. The Bible is the greatest showcase of love that's ever been written in human history. The Bible is a great showcase of mercy, forgiveness. Now, <laughs> living holy is more than just following rules. It's also a way to show the world God's character through you. To show that you are set apart from the world and that in a way you're built different. Um, funnily enough, that's a phrase that I used to love when I, when I was at university. I love saying when, let's say, I used to be American football. You make a great tackle. 
I used to say, oh yeah, I did that taco because I'm built different. It's showing that you're set apart. And as Christians, we need to, in our heads, not arrogantly, but in our heads say we're built different, not because we're self-made, like, oh yeah, I've done this myself, but because of God, because of who has your back. Now, I've spoken about holiness and why, uh, why it's important. And uh, now I'm going to talk about when to be holy. Because a lot of the times we, we try to be holy. Or let's say now we're all here at church. Or even you pursue God when you feel like it. I'm happy, great. I'm sad. I'm not really feeling it. And for this section, I'm, I'm going to give you some of my personal experiences. And this is what's stopping me from being holy. Um, the past few months, I've had a lot of really high ups and like really low downs, uh, high ups and downs. And when preparing for this preach, I asked myself, through all of that, how was my holiness affected? And if I'm being honest with you, I would say I was really focusing on my emotions and my thoughts more than anything else. Now, <clears throat> for example, I would come to church, worship, and then just sit there. And then maybe if it's my time to go to glow, I'd go to glow, and that was great. I was going through the motions, but I wasn't really intentionally seeking God. But when Peter says in verse 13, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. I realized that, for me, that was not just talking about being drunk. So when you say sober, it wasn't just talking about being drunk. Um, it also applies to how my emotions affected my actions or inactions. So sometimes um, something that I'm really working on at the moment is learning how to control my emotions to make sure that I don't listen to them and they don't control me. I mean, an example of this, I'll give you two examples. So, actually, I'll give you three examples. Why not? <laughs> um, the, I remember when I was in Kenya, uh, before we came over, some of mom's friends came over to pray for us. Now, I was really excited. I was coming to see my dad. I was going on a plane for the first time. I'm going to a different country. All these emotions were, were running wild. And I'm 100% sure that they prophesied over us, but I was not listening. I was not concentrating. So whatever prophecy they had for, for us and our family, for God, God knows, but I completely forgot. And I'm not saying don't be happy, but just don't let your happiness affect you from seeing what God is doing in your life or what God is going to do in your life. Um, another example, again, like I mentioned, I for the past few months, lots of highs and lows. Now, I started a new job. Well, Two, three months ago, I started a new job. I didn't like it. It was working from home. I kind of, I was one of the people who, during COVID, I got to go to work. But I kind of felt jealous of people who stayed at home. So when the opportunity came for everyone, oh, Calvin, you can work from home, I took that opportunity real quick. And I realized that I wasn't really built for that. So for everyone who worked from home during COVID, well done. Because I really, I really wasn't able to do it. Now, I felt low, I felt so low, and I don't know, at that point, I was really focusing on my emotions, and in that sense, I wasn't sober, and to mom and dad, I mean, 
I wasn't in this context, <laughs> not drinking. But in this context, my emotions, I was not focused. I wasn't uh, really looking at, I was focusing too much on, um, I was focusing too much on this little, on how I was feeling. I was feeling too low. And then lastly, funnily enough, when I was asked to do this preach, and even last time, my initial response was always, no, Calvin, you know, you're not going to do it. Why? Because it's terrifying. A list of reasons. But then again, both times this came into my mind that you always ask God, God use me, and God is one that wants to use you, so why are you shying away from it? So be careful what you ask God, <laughs> because <laughs> he, is going to, he is going to provide. So for me, emotions, and um, Ephesians 4.26 says, but don't let the passions of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fueled for revenge, not even for a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to uh, manipulate you. So here, notice it says emotions, um, it it says uh, manipulate, and that's because emotions are not from the devil. The emotions are from God, and that's good. But don't let them blind you from seeing God. I mean, I've mainly focused on um, emotions because that's something that is stopping me from my holiness. That is the barrier that stopped me from my holiness. Now, I would like for all of you to have a think, what is it right now in your life that is stopping you from living a holy life? What is stopping you from being able to have that close connection with God? And ask yourself, what are you doing about it? Because at the end of the day, none of this, none of this matters in the sense, in the context of if you die a millionaire, if you die, if you have three pounds, 15 in your account, it doesn't really matter. What matters is what's at the end. Now, I'm going to finish off on hope. So maybe now you're sitting there thinking, you know, that's fantastic and great. I've been called to be holy. However, Calvin, you have no idea what I've done. You don't know how I'm feeling today. And, you know, I might not know that. But what I do know is the God that we serve. So we serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega. I mean, just look at the Old Testament. Um, I started reading the I decided to read the Bible from the beginning to the end. Bad idea. For me, personally, it wasn't a cup of tea for me. But I know one thing that I really, really did struggle with was every single time people would sin against God and God would still bless them. And I really, really did struggle with that. But I came to realize that God wasn't necessarily rewarding them. That was just showing that no matter how bad or terrible you are, God is still merciful. God still loves you. God still is calling um, for you. For example, just look at Abraham. Abraham was promised God that he would make a great nation out of him, but he went and did his own thing, and Ishmael was born. Despite that, God still kept his promise, and uh, he and Sarah had Isaac. And that's because we serve a God who is merciful, who is full of grace, who is full of grace and wants a close relationship with you. Now, I know it's difficult. It can be very difficult. If the band can come up, please. The band. So, I understand that it could be very, it it can be very, very difficult at times. But what I want you to 
remember and realize is that God loves you regardless. God loves you. And also in the Bible it says where two or three more two or three or more people are gathered, I'll be there in prayer. Now, album are the moments when we're worshiping. I'm going to go to my mom and dad. I'm going to ask them to pray for me because the one thing that's stopping me from being holy is my emotion. So I'd really encourage you to after think about what is stopping you from being, uh, from being holy, grab someone that you trust and just talk to them. Open up to them so that what is stopping you doesn't stop you anymore. Thank you. Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the team's going to get back to you. We'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses. And if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here, then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.